Awesome. Yeah, this morning we finish up uh, this series that we've been running this summer called Mixtape, where we are doing a um, look at different psalms, various psalms. We've been doing this for a number of weeks. Uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be in Psalm 122, uh, so I would invite you, encourage you to uh, go there in uh, your copy of God's Word or on your device, however you get there. Um, and as you're looking that up, let me just point our focus to a road trip, because this is a song of ascent, as it says. And what a song of ascent is, is when, you know, the Israelites, they're traveling up toward Jerusalem, and they're singing songs, they're singing these songs together. They're going to the place where God's presence is. They're going to a place where, and together they're going to the place where they will worship. And they look so forward to it. It's such a big thing. They had anticipation. I remember road trips when I was a kid. I remember two. One was um, we went from Baton Rouge, where I grew up, to Nashville, Tennessee, because back in the day, they had Opryland, which was also an amusement park. Remember that, some of you? Yeah, we, um, we had a Ford F-100 Ranger, single cab pickup truck, camper, sliding glass back window. I think I was probably eight-ish, and my younger brother was four. Um, and where did we ride? We rode, in, we rode in the bed of that truck on a twin mattress. We bounced all the way from Baton Rouge to Nashville, and it was awesome. I mean, I don't even, I can, the year, I don't even remember what year it was, but Rhinestone Cowboy, that was the song, right? Put that one on your mixtape. That was a song that was just flowing from the front cab through that little sliding back window, and we just bounced around. And boy, we, did we look forward to that trip. And then I remember another trip, we weren't riding in nearly such a cool vehicle, but my family was Ford people, so we had a Ford LTD, big, long sedan, and we were headed where? Oh, where every kid wants to go, Disney World. We were headed to Disney World. And I remember leaving late at night for some reason. And so, you know, we wanted to sleep, my brother and I. And so how do you sleep in those days? Well, the, the big brother on the seat, little brother, he's up on that platform by the window, the back window, you know. You know, that's, I don't even know, man. That, look, and we still lived. We had fun. I mean, look. I don't know, there's a slogan, a lot of people say safety first, I say safety third, I think, you know, that's a, had, had a great time, but on both of those trips, we were anticipating the destination, you know, and when the Israelites are moving toward Jerusalem, they're anticipating the destination to worship, and they're doing it together, they're on a road trip of sorts, on a family road trip, but before we get into Psalm 122, let's just, you know, Flip back a page. You didn't even have to flip a page. Um, let's do Psalm 120 real quick, because I, I want us to have a little bit of context this morning about where they're coming from, different songs that they would sing. Just the first couple of verses of Psalm 120 says this, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. Let's stop right there. So we get a little bit of context, and that is also a song of ascent. And so they're going, man, they're, they're living in a deceitful world, lying lips all around them. And we know very well that is the day that we live into, and nothing has changed there. You know, big news this week, I'll leave that so frustrated with the news cycle. Um, 
FBI raids Trump's house in, house in Florida. And the news cycle, no matter what channel, everybody's pointing fingers. Who's lying the most, <laughs> you know? And that's, that's the world that we live in, very divisive. And sometimes I just feel like, oh, my goodness, I feel distressed. I want to be delivered from deceitful, you know, lips and lying tongues. I want to be delivered from that, too. And the Israelites felt that, and they're marching together up the hill to worship. And then let's do the next chapter, Psalm um, 121. What do you do with this? First couple of verses. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So in their distress, they lift their eyes up. Most recent road trip that I took um, ended Friday evening. I was in Baton Rouge all last week. And so I get in my truck um, Friday morning, my dog and me, and we um, got two hours into the trip, and I realized, you know who had a deceitful tongue? My truck. <laughs> Air conditioning went out two hours into a seven-hour trip. Yeah, if you haven't noticed it's hot these days, right? So I'm sitting there going, oh, my goodness, here we go again, right? And so I lifted my eyes up at one point, <laughs> not to the hills, because <laughs> North Louisiana, East Texas, there aren't any hills. But I, I was overjoyed when I lifted my eyes up and saw that first sign, you know, hitting I-49 to 20 going through the loop. There's a sign that said Dallas. It's like, okay, we're getting there. At least getting to my temporary home, the one that's got wood and mortar and brick, getting there, right? And so I lifted my eyes up and said, okay, that's, that's something, that's something. But when we go through trouble in life, what we need to do, what we need to be about is lifting our eyes up to the heavens, to the Lord because yeah, there's no other hope there. Everything else is going to break down. We can't do anything here on this earth for, for deceit and lying and distress to go away. All we could do is just move together in worship, looking to see what God has for us in the moment, as we've already spoken about here this morning, but ultimately with anticipation about where we're headed. We're headed to the ultimate kingdom of God, when there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I'm excited about. Let's, get, let's jump into Psalm 122. Let's read the whole text together. It'll be on your screens as well. It is a song of ascent of David. Again, remember, they're on a road trip, family road trip, and they sing this song. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound fam firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, and was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. And that is the word of the Lord, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Open the eyes of our hearts. Help us to see what you would have us see. Help us to hear what you would have us hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Another song that you may have on your mixtape is uh, Willie Nelson's On the Road Again. 
on the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. What is it? This life I love, making music with my friends. I can't wait to get on the road again. You see? You see the parallel? You see it? They're on the road. They're making music. They're singing together. And they're glad. That's what the first thing I wanted to point out to you this morning. They have heartfelt joy in worship. Psalm 122 helps us understand what worshiping God really looks like. First thing I want to point out, it comes right there out of verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. How awesome is that? So the question that when I read this, I ask myself, and I ask it of you this morning, is when you go to worship, is there that heartfelt joy within you? And we know, and we say it here often, worship is just not confined into what we do here in an hour or so on Sunday morning. Worship is life. Worship is do we see God? Do we sense his peace? Do we sense his power? Do we give him praise for everything, even when we are in distress because of deceit or whatever? Do you worship with real joy? When David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Do you experience it? I think all of us at times, if we do it all, some of us, there are times when we don't. You know why? Because there are things that steal our joy. We put our joy in other things. We put our joys in trucks that break down, air conditioners that don't work. You know, we, go, we, we try to put our focus there. We get our eyes off of the Lord. We quit looking up, and we just start looking down. And then sometimes, you know, we just kind of sway. And then what happens at that point? When your eyes are down like that, just on the stuff around you, uh, joy can get sucked out. So a good question for us is, you know, do we experience that kind of joy? And if we don't, why not? Are we putting our hopes in other things that probably steal that joy of really, really, really worshiping the Lord? So what is true worship? True worship is heartfelt joy. And then secondly, let's go to verse 3 and following. Verse 3 says, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Here's what you hear. As was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Decreed to give thanks. So one, another aspect of worship is this. It is our duty to do so. God has told us to worship him. He has said, you shall have no other gods before me. He has told us, you shall worship me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's not like, hey, do it if you want to. No, no, no. Our Lord commands our worship. And so when we worship, and we, when we really worship, we have to recognize that it is duty to do so because the Lord has commanded us to do so. And that is not a burden too heavy to bear. When our minds are right, when we think about his power, his majesty, how he created everything, and he is bringing everything one day to ultimate, to ultimate redemption. And for those of us who are in the family of the Lord, who are Christians, who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, you've already been redeemed. You know, we have that sense of the now, not yet. The kingdom of God is within us. It, you know, it's, it's around us, but it's not fully consummated. But man, we have a lot to worship God for. It's not like, okay, well, I guess I'll worship God because he told me to. No, just think about who he is and what he's done. And then remember, it's decreed for us because we are all made to worship. Everybody worships something. And so the question is, who do you worship? What do you worship? Because oftentimes... 
I'm honest with myself and honest with you, there will be times where I'm just doing life. I'm just kind of plugging along, doing my thing. And then I get to something that's kind of hard. And then I go, ooh, this is kind of hard. Oh, hey, God, you know, I, you know, I haven't talked to you in a little bit, but uh, can you help me with this thing? That's not worship, right? Worship is all the way through each and every day. The worship of God could, should consume us. It should drive us. It should direct us. So heartfelt joy, recognition that it is our duty because God commands us to worship him. And then next, let's read verses 6 and 7. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. Here's what I want you to see right there. As David is writing, you know know what he is expressing? He is expressing concern. Concern for the kingdom of God and for what God's got going on, for God's work. He really feels it. He faces um, concern. And that's what real worship does for us. When we worship, when we have God in his rightful place, we feel concern for the church. And not just Allen Bible Church, but the church overall. We feel a real sense of concern, a real sense of burden for God's work. And that's what worship does. Here's a, here's a quote from Paul Tripp, who's a pastor who wrote on this text. Um, and here's what he said. He said, you see, if my heart is filled with love for God, my heart is controlled by the worship of God, then I care about the work of God. I care about the people of God. I care about the kingdom of God. And so as we assess this morning our sense of worship And are we going with glad hearts? And are we going, you know, knowing that that's what God has called us to do? Another question for us is, do we have real concern? Real concern for the work of God. Because here's what happens in this world all too often. We have this thing called what I would call a consumeristic mentality about worship in the church. You know, sometimes it can get very, 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 very centered on us. Do I like this? Do I not like this? Whatever. I might go to this church. I might go to that church, so on and so forth. And I'll give you an illustration because I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, so I get in Friday night, Saturday morning, wake up, got to serve with some of you um, at ACO. And once that was done, got back home. And, you know, my son, who's with us um, here for this weekend, uh, he said, hey, Dad, you know what's going on at, you know, here in Dallas this weekend? I said, no, what's going on? He said, there's, there's this vintage swap meet. I said, what? And he went, he's into the stuff where, you know, he's buying low, selling high, old stuff on an Instagram website. Is what he's, that's what he's into. Pretty cool. And he goes, there's this giant, you know, swap meet, what they called it. And he said, I said, well, where is it? Well, it's all the way down in Dallas at Market Hall. And I was like, oh, I haven't been there. That sounds chaotic. I said, I just got, uh, I said, son, I just, in my mind, I'm thinking, I just got in, uh, sweated a seven-hour drive, woke up, uh, served at the church this morning, I'm preaching tomorrow morning, so there's only one, uh, you know, obvious answer, right, is get your shoes, because that sounds awesome, right? You know, let's go get in the chaos, and so I got a picture, here it is, because you need to see this, let's see this picture, there it is, look at that, right, and that's my son right there, I know he hates that pictures up there too. Um, but look, he's being an ambassador. His shirt right there says, Sound the trumpet, Christ is king. 
right? That's what we're rolling through. And we're going from booth to booth. And you see all, some booths had tennis shoes and some had, you know, old vinyl albums and a lot of rock and roll t-shirts, the whole thing. But you know what? When, and every one of those booths had like somebody that was running it. And here's what they would do. They'd say, hey, come over here. You can get like five shirts for 20 bucks right here. They're trying to entice us in, right, to all these little places. And I would go in there and I would meet the people that were, you know, running their little thing. But as soon as I figured that I didn't, there's nothing here for me, you know what I did? I just bounced to the next one. And I didn't think about, well, I really hope that their little booth, you know, succeeds. I really care about them and what they're doing. I didn't think about that at all. I had no allegiance to any of them, right? No allegiance to anybody. I just went to the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And yeah, I didn't buy anything from this guy, this guy. I didn't buy anything at all. But I didn't buy anything from anybody and I didn't feel bad about it. I was just going to the next thing because this one didn't have something that I wanted. And we treat churches like that sometimes. We do. Now, I want to say this, but I also want to give um, a little bit of caveat and say there are really good, solid, kingdom-minded, God-centered, God-focused reasons to leave a church. You know, I don't know if you hear pastors saying that very much, but there are great reasons. I think about, you know, we talk about parenting here a lot, raising our kids in the Lord, and I've talked to parents over decades. So, you know, hey, you know what, we were here, but we're, we're leaving because we need to go to this other church where my son or daughter can really just be more connected to others. That's a kingdom mindset type of a decision. And I go, okay, it's great. You know, I think there are good reasons for people to leave churches. And I also think there are bad reasons for people to come to other churches, right? Some of you know, whenever I've been doing membership stuff, um, for a long time, and I did it, you know, every month uh, in Baton Rouge, and there was, you know, yeah, we hated when people left, and, but sometimes we didn't necessarily love it when people came. I'd always have conversations with people about, hey, so why'd you leave, you know, sometimes people just church hopping, um, why did you leave the church that you were in, that you were at before? And, you know, their answer is sometimes very centered in on, well, I just didn't like it, and I've got this conflict with this person, so I just love it, and my encouragement would be like, hey, go back, go back. You know, let the Lord work on your heart. Let the Lord continue the work that he's called you to do. And I, I think you're, 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 you're cutting it short, you know? So just hear, just, just hear that from me. But I just want us to, no matter what decision we make, whether it be about what church we attend, what church we join, or just what you do on a Friday night or a Saturday morning, you know, is it about you or is it about the Lord? Are we concerned when we are the church gathered and we are the church scattered, are we, are, are we concerned about, what the, about the kingdom of God and God's work here? Because that's what we see. Real worship is a recognition of duty, and it is a concern for God's kingdom. And I hope and pray that for myself, beginning with me, that we will all be that way. May my eyes just not be on me and what I want and what I like and whatever, but may I, may I make sacrifices in my own life because God's got something bigger and more important going on by me making a different decision. That's worship. And then what do we get next? Let's go verses 8 and 9. Another aspect of worship shows up here where it says, For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Real worship, when we have it, you know what ultimately results? Community. Real relationships. My favorite part of, you know, serving yesterday was not the things that we did, but it was being alongside of other people here in the church. 
companions, brothers and sisters in Christ, getting to know one another a little bit better so that we can love each other better than we even do already. There's a strong sense of love in this church, and, and I'm super grateful for it. But love of God, when we, are, when we have God at his height in our own minds and hearts, love of God always results in love for others. But we've already talked about it a little bit. Sometimes we put things in God's place. You know, we sang a song earlier this morning, and one of the lines is, my heart will sing no other name but Jesus. But you know whose name sometimes gets sung? Our own name, right? Sometimes my heart sings my own name. If there's a false idol that I'm most danger, dangerously um, treading through, not worshiping, because I'm caught in my words, it's me. I'm not false idol, right? That self-sufficiency, you just get your stuff done. Just take care of your business, whatever. You're just kind of staying. And when my eyes are on me, man, you know who else, you know, suffers from that? The people around me. The relationships don't go nearly as well. If my eyes are on the Lord, if I love the Lord, and he is the center of my worship, then relationships get better. Community really bonds because we are going to the same place. Just like the Israelites who are journeying, who are singing a song, we're going to a place and they were going together. And when we get that right and we know how things are going to turn out at the end of the day and we know how things are in the middle of our struggles and we come alongside one another with real relationships, man, it's so good. And I know God is glorified by that. You know, there's a verse in Galatians, Galatians 6.10 it says, whenever we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people. That sounds good enough right there. Whenever we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people. But then it finishes, especially those who belong to the household of faith. Did you know that was there? It's like, hey, let's do good to all people. But the people that you know are your brothers and sisters in Christ, let's especially do good to them. Because we're together, you see, real community. And I know that the world longs for real relationships. And we have fake relationships all over, and we talk about it. Social media, all the stuff, how many friends do you have, whatever, all that stuff. You know, how many real friends do you have, people that know you in the body of Christ? Do you give that, do you give that a chance? Here at this church, um, we, we try to set things up to help with that. You know, even some of the things that we've heard about this morning, you know, why do, we, why do we want, you know, the students and the kids to start meeting together in smaller groups on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings? And why do we want men to get together and women to get together? Why do we have life groups? All of these things. It's just us trying to set the stage, trying to give a platform for some of those relationships to really, really, really grab hold. So that when you think about it, you can go, I have real friendships. I have real community because of the people that I worship the Almighty God alongside. That's what we get. Heartfelt worship is heartfelt joy, right? It is recognition of duty, it's concern for God's kingdom and work, and this community is inherent within it. You know, I think the whole song doesn't match, but there's another line in, in that great song by Willie Nelson. On the road again, like a band of gypsies, we go down the highway. We're the best of friends. I love it. But here's the thing. We are going, we are journeying together, but we're not journeying to a place, we're not journeying to a temple to worship God because we already know we are the temple of God. And the only way that this can happen 
you know, this real worship in which we speak of this morning through God's word is to recognize the work of Jesus Christ already done for our sake, to recognize his glory, to recognize his sacrifice. And when we put our lives in his hands, when we become people, his people, a believer, a Christian, then guess what? All these things are possible. The whole world opens up for us because we're traveling to a new heaven and a new earth. That day where, you know, there is no despair, there is no deceit, there are no more lying lips, and it's all going to be good. It's going to be okay. It's going to be better than okay. It's going to be much better than okay. It's going to be magnificent. And so it's an honor for me, anyway, to journey with you. And journeying, you know, again, we journey with people, some people more closely than others, but collectively, we're headed in another direction. And I hope it's always with the Lord, you know, in our sights. May we keep our heads up, lift our eyes to that day when Jesus comes and makes all things right. And then that's where worship is. Let me pray to that end. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you for being the God, the only God, the only true God, worthy of our worship worthy of our praise. And thank you, Lord, for your grace that makes it possible for us to do so. Thank you for your grace that makes it possible to do it with other people. For, Lord, I know that I need and we need other people speaking into our lives. We need people singing their, their, their praises to you alongside us. Lift our hearts, Lord. May, may you give us grace today in lifting our hearts and our eyes to you. May our hearts only sing your name. Pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We'll stand as we sing to the Lord.
thank you guys for coming today. Um, you see the theme threaded. God is great. And pray that from one generation to the next, his greatness would be pro proclaimed. Pray that it's been encouraging to you. I just want to give a couple of quick announcements of how uh, we can continue to root in worship, root together in relationship, and be rooted in God's word. Uh, first of all, house to house tonight for young adults. If you're just graduated high school, you're in college, you're a young single or young married, um, we are meeting tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, at the Curly's house. You need to see me immediately if you didn't already tell me you're coming because they're serving us dinner. We didn't need, need to know how many are coming. That's a great time of supper and worship. Um, women, uh, you already saw we're having a, you're having a prayer time Tuesday. And then the following Tuesday and Wednesday, the 23rd and 24th is when the Women's Fall Bible Study kicks off. And want to encourage you, be rooted with one another and in God's word together. There's something powerful when we don't piecemeal our walk with the Lord, but that we do so and we walk together. So I encourage you ladies to sign up. You can go online to do that. Men, um, we have our breakfast on the 23rd. Um, that will actually kick off our fall Bible study through um, Ecclesiastes. We'll get a little primer on Solomon um, together. Um, and then the groups will start the 23rd and the 24th, a Tuesday morning group and a Wednesday night group. Um, you can go online to sign up uh, for that. Uh, and then lastly, uh, this Wednesday, again, our Next Generation Ministries birth up to um, high school um, kids and students ministry start this Wednesday. The following Wednesday, the 24th, if there's some men, I'd love for us to bless um, the women and the families in our church. If We'd love to have grills out on the patio, like two or three grills and like six, eight, ten men. If you'd be willing to haul your grill up here, help us make some burgers for everybody for the 24th. Uh, come see me up here afterwards. So I want to tell you to have a great week. Uh, as he said, worshiping the Lord and let that spill over into your relationships. Have a great week. <laughs>